0: Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's
1: Uncle Biff Biff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Are
0: you listening? Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Flip. Give me a call it's at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your uncle Cliff,
1: Cliff. Here is the host of Birthday Boy Podcast, the one and the only, Johnny Boy.
0: My little baby
1: boy. Baby butter boy, Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your
0: balls. Hey cowgirl. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple.
1: Where are you headed?
0: The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling
1: your balls. 50
0: shades of gray. Slash,
1: Flippy. The biggest one yet.
0: Clippy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my
1: assignment?
0: Your grandmother. I like your rubric. down Dondell Winslow. Oh, please, degrade me. Slippy baseball. <gasps> Weep this. <in. aty-batter-boy> my little baby butterfly boy, little butterfly boy, Slippy boy, baby boy. <clears mumbles>
1: <fireworks> Weep this. That's how you get blisters, Slippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious in my mouth. Hey, Firewoman!
0: Fivalopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, get you balls! You're a smoker! In the oatmeal tasting booth.
2: You should quit
0: smoking! Toggling your balls. You you
1: to Puzzle, you i get balls! Baby I butter boy. I like to play with fire, too. The biggest man's the best. You
0: goddamn butter boy, son of a bitch. I can't get a fuck of you, son of a bitch! To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the Pizzle. Helmet mayonnaise. Let's Hey, bartender. The raucous red glare,
3: the bombs bursting in air. And a delicious Helios pizza in your
0: oven. Poggle, your balls.
1: Womack
3: style. Oh, yeah, baby. Womack style, Cliffy. Cliffy, this is your, your Uncle Cliffy baseball calling. Calling for the ball field. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hi, everybody. Hello. Good day. Good evening. Good whatever. Whatever the fuck. So yeah, okay. So a week ago we had three episodes of the Birthday Boy podcast, and after this, this will be <laughs> this is the third podcast in a week, which is not going to be the norm. Uh, Friday we did the podcast. Sunday, rainy day, felt like doing a doing episode five, right? Episode five, yeah. And uh, tonight I'm recording the podcast on a Wednesday, and. The reason is because I've got I've got shit going on Friday and frankly I think if I don't do this tonight I might not do it for a, for a while Sunday maybe at the earliest there's just stuff going on So so here we go here's another podcast and we'll see that's that's the great thing I don't give a shit if I do a podcast on Friday Sunday Wednesday Tuesday whatever I'm going to do it whenever I have a chance to do it and you're going to goddamn like it when I give you a podcast, you're gonna like it. If I don't give you a podcast, you're gonna like it, and then everything in between, you're gonna like that too. I don't know what that means, but e- e- either way, uh, here we are with a, with a podcast episode six of the Birthday Boy. Wow. All right, so let's uh, let's jump in here. I want to get this over with. Get on with my get on with my evening. Oh, of course I'm kidding. Uh, so I, I did get an email this week at the at the old e- email inbox, uh, which is, uh, as I've mentioned, birthday boy. Wait, what is it? Birthday boy podcast. You'd think I could remember. I'm trying to tell you the podcast, and I I can't even remember the fucking email to my own
2: to my own goddamn. Cliff, I can't even remember the goddamn email to my own fucking birthday podcast email.
3: Goddamn it. So two one count. Uh, birthday boy podcast at gmail.com. That's again, birthday boy podcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> so I do have an email which says quite simply, I love banana splits. <laughs> uh, every, every time I do a podcast and I release a podcast and then within a couple a day or two, uh, I get an email or a text or something from somebody proving, Uh, Just how many people I'm, uh, I guess, maybe offending by telling you all the things that I hate, such as banana splits and jerseys on males over the age of 14. And all my friends wear jerseys, and uh, Carrie, Carrie Dumas, loves them banana splits. Well, you know what, Carrie? You can take your banana splits and all your fucking precious fruit, and you can go off into a goddamn island filled with fruit and bananas and ice cream, and you can ruin ice cream all day long somewhere else. Get the fuck out of here with that! Don't bring this birthday. Don't bring. Don't bring your goddamn banana splits to the birthday boy podcast. Okay, I'm the birthday boy. This is my podcast. No banana splits because they're terrible. It's splitting banana ice cream. Let's get some bananas in here to really spice things up. So yeah, so I wrote back and I told Carrie that that was blasphemy and uh, it was sins against nature. And she has not written anything, so hope we're still friends, Dumas, even though banana splits are stupid <laughs> oh man, I love you, Carrie seriously though did I read I think I read the so far I mean who am I to yell at Carrie only one she's the only one around here who gives a shit about the old birthday boy Johnny boy best this is on this is on iTunes. Oh, by the way, I now have three five-star ratings. I'm a five-star podcast. I had I had one rating, one five-star rating, and then it went up to two, and now I have three five-star ratings. So thank you to all three of you. It starts with... It's just... That's where it starts, and then it's just going to keep going and get bigger and better, baby. Uh, and, and Carrie... Yeah, I read this. I think I read this. The best podcast I've ever listened to. Keep up the great work, Johnny. I'm really, really enjoying listening to you in my case. And then parenthetically, she adds, that's what the kids call a really cool ride these days, FYI. Yeah. Yeah, sure, that's what they call it. Absolutely. So, and I got some other feedback. Uh, Of course, I told the, what was the story I told last time? You'd think I know, it was two days ago. Three days ago. It was. uh, Oh the road rash book. I told it on Friday I guess. Is when I told the road rash book story. And uh, a number of other. Pieces of information. And I got a text from Shimo. A number of things. He enjoyed it. Thought it was funny. And then Joe texts me. And says by the way. Keep in mind. That everything you say on that podcast. Will get to my parents. Which. Uh. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a good point. Now that you bring it up, the the things that I say on this podcast could indeed make their way back to your parents. I hadn't thought about that. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Uh, I'm actually really glad you mentioned that, Shimo, because I was I was if you hadn't, uh, I would have told the story about how when we were kids. And you used to call me every day, talking about when we were in high school, how you were going to quote deflower every pillow in the goddamn house, as you used to say when your parents were out at the store or out of town or something like that. Uh, how you would you would say, uh, yeah, you're going to uh, you're going to have your way with every goddamn last pillow and cushion in that whole house, up to and including and especially the ones in your parents' bedroom. I remember you saying that a lot. Um, I was gonna tell that story about you uh, calling me to say that you were gonna get it on with uh, with every pillow in the house, but I'm uh, I'm gonna skip it. In the event that it gets back to your parents, I don't want I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to uh, to take away uh, your, your privilege of ordering. Uh, I don't want them to, to forbid you from ordering uh, SummerSlam this year. So I I don't want you to get in trouble. And, uh, <clears throat> so I won't tell that story, which is fake, by the way, it's a fake story. Just lest anyone think that, uh, Mr. Joseph Shimo went around his house, deflowering pillows. <laughs> deflowering pillows at a young age. That was, that's a, that's, that's fake news. Um, just, I'm messing with you, Joe. Uh, fair enough though. I actually, but as I texted back to Joe, I said, I, I would be thrilled if your parents listened to the podcast. I think that would be awesome. I hope everybody listens to the podcast. It's not, it's not as offensive as I thought it <laughs> Well, who am I? Down? It's not offensive to me because I'm the asshole saying everything. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it's for, I think it's fun for, I wouldn't say all ages, but, uh, you know. If my friends listen to it, and if my friend's parents listen to it, that's great. I'm thrilled. And if Joe's parents listen to it, then that gives me more motivation to think of every humiliating story there is uh, uh, to talk about Shimo. So, thank you. Thank you, Joe, for telling me that everything that I say may in fact get back to your parents Hmm. Actually, that reminds me of the time, and this is not—it's not a fake story. It's not a defensive story. This is a story where uh, you know my two asshole friends, Nate and Joe, uh, got the better of me. It's not even really a story. It's just—it just made me think of it talking about stories. And there's plenty of humiliating stories that we all have about each other. I have plenty. Joe, Nate, the, the whole gang, everybody's got all these humiliating. Stories And uh, this one's not really humiliating It's humiliating because I was humiliated Because I was trying to play a goddamn video game That I loved when I was a child When we were teenagers Kids at the mall, at Wilton Mall in Saratoga And we were at the arcade And they had WrestleFest WWF WrestleFest And Joe and Nate And Johnny Put in the quarters Have a nice little Royal Rumble Have some fun and then what the fuck happens? These two asshole friends of mine, Nate and Joe, come over. They, Whoever their character, I don't remember who picked what character. I was probably the Ultimate Warrior or Mr. Perfect or somebody like that. That's who I like to choose. And they came over, and immediately the two of them started beating the shit out of me. The two wrestlers that they chose. WrestleFest, by the way, is a wrestling arcade game. It's a video game. It's a classic arcade game from the early 90s. And classic characters who are pretty much all dead... Who pretty much all died in their 40s or 50s, but they were legendary. And you know Ultimate Warrior, and uh, whatever, Mr. Perfect, and um, Legion of Doom, uh, Big Boss Man, Ted DiBiase, Jake the Snake, Earthquake, Demolition, all uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Anyway, all the all the classic superstars at the time were in this game we put our quarters in we're having a royal rumble which is you know a, a battle royal bunch of guys in the ring and i figure i'll throw out the computer controlled characters and you know when, and when it comes down to the three of us then we'll we'll see who's the best they obviously joe and nate these so-called friends of mine weren't thinking the same way they thought hey let's get this dickhead hopkins immediately and make him feel like a big piece of shit and uh, and throw him out of the ring and then we'll watch him just keep pump quarters and keep pumping quarters into this machine over and over again. And we'll see. We'll see how funny this is. We'll see our friend have a meltdown in the middle of the arcade because we've just turned our backs on him, almost like a real wrestling, a real uh, WWE event, where three buddies have carried on for so long as friends, as a tag team, and then suddenly, uh, well, you know, one of the guys turns on the other guy. Well, this is what happened. They turned Joe and Nate. They turned heel on me, as the wrestling term goes. And we put in our quarters and we start out. And they immediately come after me and just start pummeling me. I can't. As soon as I, you know, I might land like one punch on Nate. And then there's Joe from behind. And I might be able to get back up and try to grapple with Joe. And then there's Nate from behind. And then they toss me out of the ring. And then I put my quarters in. And I come back as the next guy. You know, I'm the ultimate warrior. And then I'm, you know, Sergeant Slaughter or Big Boss or whoever. I pick somebody and he comes in having the Royal Rumble. All right. Got my guy. I Got my fresh guy. guy. I'm going to go right after Joe and Nate. I get, I get in the fucking ring, and these two assholes immediately come after me again, and they just start cl- clobbering me. They're absolutely clobbering me. It's these two scumbags, Nate and Joe, my uh, my so-called friends, toss me out of the ring again, put in more quarters, toss me out again. It just keeps going and going. Finally, some kid comes over, some dude I didn't even know. He comes over, and he puts his quarters in. I'm like, look, man. Just, I don't know who this kid is. I just, I'm like, listen, man, you got to help me. You got to promise me. You'll tell, I'm, uh, here's my character. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm uh, Hulk Hogan. You've got to, you've select your character. You got to help me team up against these two guys. We got to, because they're, they're, they're killing me. And I really, I need a friend right now. I I don't have, I thought I had two friends, but I have zero friends. You need to be my new friend to take the place of these two former friends who have just turned their backs on me in this fucking video game that I used to love so much. And now they have ruined for me forever. And he goes, okay, I said, here's this is my character, team up with me, let's do this. He puts in his quarter, this fucking kid was worse than me, this kid sucked worse than anybody I've ever seen, this goddamn bastard kid puts his quarter in, picks his wrestler, jumps in the ring, there's Nate, tosses him right out, Joe, toss him right out. And, then, and then to me, things worse, this poor kid just wasted 50 cents. So then, so then on top of that, this kid gets tossed out. And then I just turned to him. I'm like, you fucking son of a
2: bitch. (laughs) You fuck, you idiot. What the fuck is wrong with you? You were supposed to just jump in there and help me out. Just you couldn't land a fucking punch. You couldn't do a drop kick or something. You got your fucking ass kicked. You suck. You suck worse than I do.
3: And then, uh, as you can imagine, the kid did not want to play anymore after that. And he promptly walked away. Uh, yeah, and then and then I continued to play, I continued to pump quarters in like an idiot and get tossed out, and I did not win that Royal Rumble in WrestleFest, but they turned me off to a, a beloved video game forever, and I can never think about that game or look at it or th- see it without thinking of those two assholes beating the shit out of me in the video game. So, so there. So there you go, you, you two pillow-humping sons of bitches. <laughs> I think uh yeah, I think I probably need to get even on you guys at some point. I think I'm still I think I still owe you a receipt for that these 20 some odd years later. Oh my goodness. That's fun. Fun to talk about. Fun to talk about old stories, isn't it? Oh my goodness. Um speaking of stories, I could I could tell the bike path story. That's a pretty good story. That's one that might uh, that might get you grounded, yet Shimo. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. I th- I think everything's known about this story. I think amongst everybody's parents. I think we. I think every, everything's everything's come to light in, uh, in the last twenty years since it went down. Twenty almost twenty two years. Jesus. So yeah, the the bike path. Uh, there's a nice little bike path in Boston Lake. And this was on a Monday night in November of 1997. And uh, we had, for some reason, we had the next day off. To I don't know if Tuesday, I think Tuesday was Veterans Day. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Anyway, so we had a day off on Tuesday. And as fate would have it, uh, Joe happened to cross a nice, fresh bottle of vodka Why? How and where did he get this? You ask. Well, of course, he got it from. uh, It fell off the truck. I believe that's how it happened. Um, I think it fell off of a of a delivery truck. Yeah, that's it. It definitely fell off a delivery truck. This bottle of vodka that us uh, seventeen year olds came in contact with. Yeah, that's definitely it. It definitely. uh, So so we're seniors in high school and uh, we happened to come across a bottle of vodka that fell off of a delivery truck. Um, and Contrary to popular belief, it definitely wasn't stolen by Joe out of his grandmother's uh, cabinet. <laughs> There's no truth to that rumor whatsoever. Uh, that particular bottle of vodka, I believe, was uh, was stolen by uh, by some guys who were doing some maintenance at her place. I think that's it. Yeah, so we so we came across a totally different bottle of vodka that fell off of a truck that was unrelated uh, to the exact same missing bottle of vodka uh, from from Joe's grandmother's uh, cabinet, uh, which was which was stolen. Just a just a tragic scenario. Just a weird weird coincidence. Weird coincidence. Uh, so, anyways, so we went to uh, we decided we we're going to drink this bottle of vodka on the bike path, and by we I mean not me because now here's something. Here's something you need to know about the Four Horsemen, about Sean Doyle, Nate Duell, John Hopkins, Joe Shimo. If nothing else, we were four responsible dudes, and we would go out drinking on the weekends on Friday and or Saturday night, and we had a rotating system, so one of us drove and the other three got shit-faced, and then we would just rotate, so next weekend, Joe's driving the weekend after that I'm driving the weekend after that Sean then Nate and we just we just rotate around that's it so this happened to be my turn to be the driver and everybody else's turn to drink and it was a Monday night and so we parked the car and uh, got a bottle of Mountain Dew from Stewart's which was right across the street from the bike path pretty much and we went down a you know a significant ways down the bike path and uh yeah, the fellas, uh, the fellas, enjoyed a nice, uh, refreshing beverage, or several. Chased it down with some Mountain Dew, and uh, and I just I kind of hung out and enjoyed the the festivities. Everybody got really shit face, uh, you know, and it was in pretty pretty short order too. We weren't on this bike path for too long. I think I think being accustomed to drinking beer. I think the vodka was consumed at a similar rate of speed that one would consume of you know several cans or bottles of beer. And, and you know this is why I, like I need to have these dudes on this podcast soon. I have to like Skype in or do something because there's shit that I don't remember that they do, and then like, Joe always tells me something that I forgot in the podcast or that I didn't know. So there's probably you know of course these guys probably don't remember anything. I would be the one to remember stuff but I remember I remember it not being down on the bike path for too long and uh, so yeah the the fellas fellas enjoyed a beverage and uh, I remember I remember Shimo doing a, a somersault a military roll <laughs> right into a giant puddle right into a giant huge uh, creek of water. Uh, I remember testing Joe on the um I think it was the was it the Missouri Compromise, Shimo? That I asked you cuz I was worried that you were really starting to you were starting to fade fast. So I asked you what's hey man, what's the what's the Missouri Compromise and you recited it expertly. Really nicely done. Uh Yeah, Nate was Nate was really shit faced too, but it was definitely the best of the two. Like Sean and Joe got to a point where they were just it was it was over. It was ring the bell time. Nate was still kind of with me. Not enough to be of any use to like help me get everybody home. but uh, he was still he was still like hanging with me. He still could communicate to some degree. Uh, and by the time we were done with this bike path, back in the car, uh, you know, the other two are you know, they're in pretty bad shape in the back seat Nate's Nate's riding shotgun because he can still see he could still talk a little bit. Uh so yeah, so so uh, there was some there was a need to get some napkins to clean up a mess in the car afterwards. <laughs> so, while we were we were done, somehow managed to get everybody back to the car. And Joe's drenched because like I said he did a he did a swan dive or a military roll into a into a giant giant patch of water. And uh and Sean is just out of it. And uh yes, yeah, so we we drive over to Stewart's. again, there's good old Stewart's such a uh such a prominent part of my childhood memories growing up in in the five one eight. So I drive the car I get the fellas into the car, and there's just, you know it's uh it's Pukey Charles time, and so. Puky Charles, by the way, I think it's probably pretty obvious is my code word for when somebody gets sick I say it to my kids if they get sick and they throw up and I call them Puky Charles because one time I, I prank called Fly92 WFLY when Todd Pettengill was the DJ and I would just call them On a day off from school and I would request that they play songs that didn't exist So I once called and I requested that they play Puky Charles by Ozzy Barles and, and they said, okay, okay uh, you know, they want to, they're like, oh, it's this, it's this fucking kid again. I'm sure that they were saying, get this stupid kid off the phone. Uh, so, yeah, so anytime somebody gets sick, that's, uh, it's pukey Charles time. And uh, so we had a couple couple passengers in the back seat, a couple pukey Charles, Charleses in the back seat. So I had to go to Stewart's and see if I could find some kind of towels, buy some paper towels, get some napkins. Well, wouldn't you know, I pulled into Stewart's at exactly 11.01. And they closed at eleven, and the two guys were just cleaning up and cashing out their drawers and all this stuff, and there was just it's just a fucking mess in the back of the car and everywhere, all over the. know, it's just it's fucking disgusting. And I mean, the, the, Sean and Joe are in bad shape at this point. Nate's getting there, but he's still he's still kind of hanging with me a little bit, and so I just I'm like panicking because it's just it's a fucking nightmare. It's a mess a mess in the back seat, and so I run up to the door, I race up to the door and I'm pounding on the door with both fists
2: the guy's like, get out of here, get out of here kid, I know, my claws, my claws I'm like, no, you don't I need I, I got two and I think am
3: and I'm just like, I, I can't fucking put a sentence together, I, I sound like I'm the one who's
2: shit-faced, I'm like, I've got I need a towel, I need, I got sick back to two sick people in the car i need a and he's like, get away, go away, get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I just need I just need paper towels. And so
3: so this guy obviously thinks the guy who's just they locked the doors locked to Stuart's, the guy's cleaning up, trying to get the fuck out of here, trying to go home. Who knows? It could have been Leo for all I know. And uh and then this irate teen is pounding on the door, just incoherent. <laughs> And so the guy obviously thinks that I want to get in. You could probably rob the place and you know shoot him or something. Not the case at all. I just needed some napkins or paper paper towels or something. So finally, I calmed. Down. I'm like, I'm like, I just need some nap. Can you just give me some napkins? And he starts yelling at me. He's like, "Stand back from the door.
1: Stand away from the door." <laughs>
3: like, okay. And I've I've got both of my hands up. Like I'm, I'm just slowly backing away from the door with my hands up, and then he comes over, which was actually nice of the guy. He didn't have to do shit. He takes a big, he just grabs a big handful of napkins as many as he could. Do. <laughs> he cracks the door open and just tosses all the napkins out into the out into the parking lot, and uh, you know, winds blowing them everywhere. I'm just, I'm running around now. I'm just running around the parking lot trying to pick up napkins that are blowing everywhere from this guy throwing the napkins out to me. And meanwhile, only two. To uh, pukey Charles in the back seat are getting even pukier. So yeah, so that was fun. So I got to clean those bastards up, and then uh, yeah, and then we we ended up going, ended up taking Sean home and Joe, and I remember Joe getting out of the car. Uh, walking wasn't something that he was uh, doing such a great job at uh, at that time. We somehow we got him inside the house. It was one of those uh, it was one of those things where his eyes were closed, but he could still somehow see in front of him, walking ahead, big big fucking dopey grin on his face. <laughs> big vodka grin on his face. And uh, yeah, just just drenched drenched in his own pukiness as well as the water that he dove in on the bike path. And uh, we took Sean home that was probably my favorite part of the night because uh, Nate got out of the car. I, I asked him to stay in the car, and he got out of the car. And he's just Nate's just giddy. He's just laughing, he's just uncontrollably laughing, and he's dancing around and he's doing all kinds of ridiculous stuff. I, I walk Sean up to the door, and there's, uh, there's his mom. At the door, uh, the parents are not too thrilled to see their son coming home in this state. And so he, uh, he goes inside and then probably the funniest thing I've ever seen was then Sean immediately went upstairs and he had no ability to just walk upright, just walk up the stairs, even holding onto the railing or anything. So he did what looked like, it really looked like, you know, Kermit the frog going up the stairs after a night of drinking. He somehow, he had all fours on the stairs and did this kind of frog leap, uh, one step at a time up the stairs And that made my night. It wasn't particularly fun for me having to like clean up and do all this shit, but that, but it was really, it was really fun to see, uh, to see Sean run up those stairs like a frog, hop up the stairs like a frog. And then, of course, in the background, I can still hear Nate howling and laughing for no good reason, uh, leaning on the hood of, (laughs) leaning on the hood of my car. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then Nate. Yeah, Nate ended up staying at my house for some reason. So yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a legendary night. There's probably things that I'm omitting unintentionally because I don't I don't remember much except standing on the bike path. Uh, the things I remember more were you know the, I mean the drinking part was boring for me because I was just standing there. I was taking swigs of Mountain Dew. The uh, the real action for me was uh, scaring the shit out of a Stewart's employee, and then watching Sean frog hop up his up his own stairs. That was a highlight, and uh, yeah, much like OJ, not finding the real killer, we never found the uh, the Vodka Thief. I don't believe so. You listen up, Vodka Thief. We know you're out there somewhere, just like real killer uh OJ is going to find that real killer and I know Joe's going to find that real vodka thief one of these days Speaking of OJ uh yeah so it looks like this fucking son of a bitch isn't going anywhere he's got that Twitter now he's he's out there and uh he had a third video I feel like OJ is using Twitter to confess to everything that he's ever done? Because I think whatever he's saying, it might be the opposite of what's the truth. I I know OJ is not the type of guy to lie. He's a pretty honest fellow straight shooter, but here's what he had to say this week.
1: But never, and I want to stress, never in any way, shape, or form had I ever had any interest in Chris romantically, sexually, and I never got any indication that she had any interest in me. So all of these stories are just bogus, bad, you know, tasteless. Um, Chloe, uh, like all the girls, I'm very proud of, just like I know Bob would be uh, if he was here, but the simple facts of the matter is uh, she's not mine.
3: (laughs) Interesting. So just so you know, Uh, OJ setting the record straight that Khloe Kardashian is not his daughter He did not bang Kris Jenner Which is a weird thing that OJ feels the need to say Uh,
1: yeah, hmm I mean, again Would, Would I lie about that? Would OJ lie about something? I told the truth about murder I didn't murder anybody So surely I wouldn't have had sex with somebody that I wasn't supposed to have sex with and then give birth and then she gave birth to a daughter who's clearly not mine. Why? Because I said so. I told you I didn't kill Nicole and Ron and obviously I didn't because the glove didn't fit so they had to acquit. So you think OJ's gonna lie about who's his daughter who's not his daughter i mean remember when i told you i didn't kill ron and nicole i was right about that so i'm here today on twitter to tell you that i do not have any illegitimate children especially not chloe kardashian that's right wink wink i mean uh (laughs) that was just me blinking with one eye not a wink at all Definitely not my daughter. Okay, what was that? Oh, yeah, fantasy football. That was the one and only thing I wanted to talk about was fantasy football. And I look forward to playing fantasy football with my daughter, Chloe. I mean, uh, with the Kardashians, uh, you know, whatever their names are. I don't even remember because none of them are mine. So I'm just going to play some fantasy football. By the way,
3: (laughs) fucking OJ. Uh, My fake OJ, uh, if you recall, in the last podcast, mentioned that he was going, he was, uh, if he was a murdering type, he would have stabbed the guy who took Patrick Mahomes in their fantasy draft. And wouldn't you know,
1: yesterday, OJ tweeted, Taking an early look at fantasy football, Patrick Mahomes was my clear number one. So there you go. It looks like,
3: it looks like I know, uh, I'm pretty in tune with the mind of, Definitely not murderer, O.J. Simpson. Definitely not murderer and fantasy football expert, O.J. Simpson. Yeah, he also mentioned in that tweet, taking an early look at fantasy football, Patrick Mahomes was my clear number one. Uh, I am debating Baker Mayfield
1: or T.G. Todd Gurley. (laughs) What do you think? Am I missing someone? Uh, Yeah, O.J.,
3: you are missing the real killer. I thought you were here to find him. Uh, Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe fantasy football is OJ's master scheme to lure the real killer uh, into confessing. Maybe if he gets on the same team as the real killer, hopefully, you know, he can interrogate all the different fantasy football players on the, on the team and the, in the league, I should say. And then eventually he's going to bring out that information with his, uh, his expert uh, sleuthing skills. That's, the more I think about it, the more I really contemplate it. I think that's I think that's what OJ is up to. I think he's got a, a few schemes going on here to find to finally to finally pin that uh, that real killer down. And I think this whole fantasy football deal is I don't mean to 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 give things away out of the OJ playbook, but I would I think this may be part of his uh, one of his many steps to getting at finding that real killer. Uh, One of the best tweets, and I'm really, I'm sort of jealous that I didn't uh, come up with this tweet myself, so he mentioned in fantasy football Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Chiefs. He also mentioned debating over Todd Gurley and Baker Mayfield, who, of course, plays for the Cleveland Browns. Somebody responded, uh, Danny Saint on Twitter responded, Baker Mayfield might be risky, but it wouldn't be the first time you took a stab at a Brown. Heyo! Well played, my friend. Oh my God! So, yeah, that's um, I don't know. It's OJ, and he's back. Twenty-five fucking years later, and I'm, goddamn it, he's gonna find that real killer.
1: You're out there somewhere. I'm gonna get even with you, and after I do that, I'm gonna find out who Khloe Kardashian's real father is. Because just like the killer, he's out there too somewhere, and I'm going to find him. This should be a lot of fun. Okay.
3: Welcome back. What the f***? What's going on here? I guess that's, I guess that sounds okay. I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, let's see. So, I was reading this article. (laughs) Ten reasons to add optimism to your life. Like... Okay. I thought it was interesting because, as you know, positivity is for jerks and idiots. Uh, so, blah, 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 all this stuff. Positivity can help you change your life. Part of the ability to change your life is believing that you can... I, I guess I should... This is from... Uh, by RYOT Studio? Ryot Studio? Oh, this is a paid... Oh! It's an advertisement. I guess. Well, either way, it's this, it's this whole article and it has a whole list of things that uh, that can happen if you're a positive and it can help you change your life it's this whole uh, you can change your life by being positive here's the thing you can also change your life by not being positive at all and just you know uh, i've changed my life a number of times just going through a bunch of shit working really hard uh, you know preparing Preparing and working hard and just not being an idiot has actually gotten me, you know, has, has, done, has served me pretty well. And positivity had nothing to do with that. Uh, it can strengthen immunity and defend against stress. Okay. Uh, bullshit, first of all. Bullshit. Because uh, here's the deal. Uh, I got really sick last year, at the beginning of last year. Other than that, I get like, I get one little cold a year usually right around christmas right after christmas i get sick for a couple it's usually a couple weeks and it's shit it's annoying it's a cough it's all this stuff and i'm miserable and then i think i'm gonna die i I actually think this is it i'm gonna die i'm about to die from this cold and then two weeks later i'm perfectly healthy so actually i'm not positive i'm the only thing i'm positive about is that i'm every cold i get is going to kill me but i only get one cold a year So fuck that. My immune system is great. I don't get sick any of the rest of the time, and uh, and I keep things nice and negative. the The best one though, the best one of the whole bunch here is, and it's a whole big list. I don't even know. I stopped reading because who cares? Uh, A successful. Oh, this is it can help you be a successful innovator. You know, everything that I've done that's been something that I you know. Okay, here's a good one. Innovator. I don't know that this is innovative, but when I did the uh, anybody remembers the 2014 ice bucket challenge video that I did, I was so pissed because Nate nominated me for the ice bucket challenge. I was hoping to not have anything to do with that. I would be, I would have been happy to just give some money and not have to make an ice bucket video. But I made an ice bucket video, and uh, I don't mind saying it. it was pretty fucking funny. And that was uh, completely made out of negativity because I was so pissed that I had to do the ice bucket challenge that I decided to, uh, I decided to not, it wasn't a mockery of the challenge itself so much as it was just a mockery of everybody jumping on these fucking ice bucket things. And I'm, you know, I had relatives who had ALS happy to, you know, I donated money, did the ice bucket challenge, but I was so fucking pissed that I even had to do the video and pour ice water on my head. So I just decided to make it funny And so that was, that was born out of complete negativity. Every, you know, innovative, uh, better leader don't want to be a leader. So that's good. Um, because being a leader is stupid and here's the best one though. (laughs) Being a leader is not stupid. It's, it's great. Uh, positivity is good for your relationships. According to a 2006 study, having at least one optimist in a relationship may lead to more fulfilling and long-lasting partnership. Participants in the study who were classified as optimists viewed their relationships as more satisfactory and their partners as more supportive. What's more, 75% of relationships involving optimists were still a couple A year, a whole year after the initial research as compared to only 54% of couples that included pessimists. Well, you know something, fuckhead idiots who wrote this study? Let me tell you, one year. Oh, they were together? The optimists were together as couples for a whole year? Well, let me tell you something, asshole. I have been married Kimmy and I will celebrate our 12-year wedding anniversary this August, which is also our 20-year anniversary of being together. And you know what? So much of our relationship is built on pessimism, making fun of other people, making fun of each other, being negative about the weather, about going places, about having to go out in public. Cause sometimes misery loves company. So we like to sit around and complain about things together. And that actually strengthens our relationship. So. Okay. Do you know what one of our favorite things to do is Kimmy and I every year they air this show on local television in New Hampshire on public television. It's called Granite state challenge. And it's a bunch of high school kids from all across the state of New Hampshire, who get together, and they teams of four battle it out in trivia. quiz. It's a quiz show for high school kids, and all the different high schools compete, and there's a whole big bracket, and it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks throughout, I don't know, whatever, the beginning of the year, through the winter, through the spring, and it just ended a couple months ago. Kimmy and I look forward to every year, sitting down every week and watching that Granite State Challenge and making fun of all the kids. These are like, you know, these are, you know, high school kids, and uh, every every year for weeks at a time, Kimmy and I sit there and we watch these kids uh, flip out about getting the wrong answer. It's it's Jeopardy for high school kids, basically. It's a quiz show for high school kids, and we watch all these kids from all across the state of New Hampshire worrying and flipping out, you know. Hitting themselves in the face because they get the wrong answer Flip it out on every every Wrong answer that they get sometimes you can see On camera they're yelling at their teammates And it's fucking awesome We don't do any we don't watch it to like Support any of these kids or root for Them or cheer them on I mean it's great These kids look these kids are the, you know the, the smartest in their in their class in their school They're gonna go out to be you know doctors And scientists and engineers Inventors and all this great you know Leaders and CEOs and, you know, just fantastic. So so Kimmy and I, uh, you know, we like to feel better about ourselves while they're just in high school. And we sit there and we laugh at high school children answering quiz show questions and getting stressed out about the uh, getting the wrong answer, getting the right answer. Uh, there's nothing positive about it, but it brings us closer together. We sit there with a bowl of popcorn on a Sunday night and we watch these uh, high school kids in a quiz show flipping out and it makes us feel good. So, uh, you know, and, and we've been together for 20, we've been together for 20 years, uh, making fun of people, Br- bringing ourselves closer together, uh, by making fun of people. It's the same with uh, most of my relationships. Most of my friendships is, uh, you know, making fun of people, being negative, joking around. Come on. Oh, you're re- you have better relationship. Please get the fuck out of here. I mean, in addition to that, the things that Kimmy and I put each other through, we make fun of each other, we make fun of other people, just like all my great friendships, all my great relationships, I mean, one time, Kimmy was generous enough, uh, for some reason, I owed I owed the government money at the end of tax season, this was back in 2005, I didn't make any fucking money, I'm not really sure how I owed money, since I didn't make any to begin with, but I, I, owed, I owed, I don't know if hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, something like that. And maybe not even that, maybe it was like 80 bucks. It was still more than I had, more than I could afford. And Kibby, of course, was a big time manager. So she had, uh, she was my sugar mama for a number of years and, uh, she offered to pay my, my tax bill, whatever whatever you call it. I owed money. She offered to pay it. And I said, yeah, sure. And she said, okay, Here's the only catch. I will write you the check. This was it was April fifteenth, two thousand five. I remember at the eleventh hour, driving all the way down to the uh, the colony uh, postal thing, post office, I guess is what they call it. And um, the only caveat, uh, Kim wrote me a check, and she said the only way you're getting this check, though, is if you uh, dress the way that I want you to dress. And so I had to spend the whole day wearing a big uh, John Cusack t-shirt. It was a ju- just a big t-shirt with a picture of John Cusack's face on it. And I had to wear a pink feather boa everywhere I went. I think I had to wear her baby blue gym shorts, if I remember right. I don't remember the entire ensemble, but the Cusack t-shirt was, was a main piece And then the pink feather boa, you know, wrapped once around my neck and then hanging down and I looked like a fucking asshole. Cusack t-shirt, pink feather boa. That's how I got the money. And I was happy to do it because I didn't have the money to pay the refund, to pay the, the government. And, uh, and she enjoyed every minute of it. She sat there laughing hysterically as I had to go to, uh, had to go to the grocery store to get a cashier's check or a money order or some kind of you know Western Union thing to to make the checkout to pay the taxes to pay the tax bill, and I remember the kid at the uh, at the checkout just staring me up and down. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I had something. I think I had a, a scrunchie in my hair too. I had like not super long hair, but as long as my hair gets, you know, it just grows up. It doesn't grow it doesn't go down or anything like that. I don't have long flowing locks. I just have hair that goes up. And, uh, so I had a, yeah, I think I want to say maybe a pink, a pink headband to go with the the feather boa. Cause I, yeah, I think I had my hair pulled back in, in one of Kimmy's headbands. So I've got a headband, pink be- feather boa and the Cusack t-shirt. And, uh, I had to go everywhere. I had to run errands. We had to get groceries, had to go to the store to get the money order for the the taxes and then of course on top of all that i had to stand and wait in the line at the post office at nine o'clock at night and then go into the post office and uh kim sat and uh, kim went with me and uh and she laughed the whole time and then uh, you know but that's the kind of thing uh, you know there's some there's some relationships where it would be like oh hey sweetie you don't have the money no worries i'll give you i'll give you the money uh, you know, cause we're, we're in this together and, uh, and Kimmy said, I'll give you the money cause we're in this together, but also, uh, we're not quite in this together. This is your, you know, this is your mess. I'm getting you out of it. And, uh, so you're going to do something for me and you're going to dress like an asshole for the whole day. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that our relationship is built on, uh, humiliating each other in public, uh, which, well, it's more, you know, that was my one humiliation, Kimmy's, Kimmy's is more, uh, you know, when she humiliates me in public, it's it's that kind of thing, the John Cusack t-shirt. And then it's also things where Kimmy will yell something to a group of people, usually a group of drunk people at a bar or restaurant, uh, angry drunk people. She will yell something uh, in the hopes that they come over and kick my ass for something that she says. I remember being at a, at the Bayou Cafe in Glenville one time. Actually, Nate was with us. And there was a whole baseball team or something, uh, you know, an adult baseball team, summer bullshit league, something like that. And they were all just getting shit-faced. And uh, and then they were fighting and arguing. I think the rival team was there too. I could be wrong. There's a bunch of baseball players, a bunch of big dudes, baseball players, local baseball players on some team, some local team, getting hammered at the Bayou Cafe, getting shitfaced and then getting into fights with each other in the parking lot and of course, you know, getting into into a barroom brawl cuz there was chairs and tables flying everywhere and of course Kim is trash talking while they're beating the shit out of each other and Nate and I are looking at her like please stop you're going to get us killed and she's just cracking up and then she's trash talking these guys more and and then uh, you know, we're walking out to the car and there's more of these baseball players out in the parking lot and Kimmy's yelling ah. I don't know what she was yelling but like uh we thought we were going to get killed and that's the kind of thing that Kim likes to do to me in public is yell something talk trash to somebody in the hopes that usually a much bigger person who could squash my head like a grape uh, and she'll talk trash in the hopes that uh, that person takes it out on me uh and that's the kind of humiliation that Kim likes to give me in public my brand of humili- humiliation is a little bit different Uh, if Kimmy and I are out in public, I like to do things, for instance, if we're at the grocery store or at the mall or at a target or something like that, and we split up and I go to do, to buy something and she goes to take care of another thing. And then we'll meet up in an aisle somewhere and I will, if I see Kimmy first and I will get as close as I can, she doesn't know that I see her. I pretend that I don't see her and she might be all of five feet away from me on another, uh, in another aisle, just, just, you know, a few feet over on another side of the shelf or another side of the aisle or a rack or whatever it is. And I'll just yell at the top of my, I'll see her right there and I'll just, I, I pretend that I don't see her and I yell, Kimmy,
2: Kimmy, Kim, 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 where are you?
3: And uh, I'll just scream that at the top of my lungs, and then she runs over and puts her hand over my mouth and tells
2: me to shut
3: the fuck up. (laughs) And I do that every time we go out in public, so that's fun. Uh, More recently, we took a drive south and stopped at the rest area, and we got lunch, and we got gas, and we did everything. The kids went to the bathroom, Uh, and just as I finished getting gas, I realized that, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. So, uh, we pulled up, finished pumping gas, pulled up to a parking space. And then I went back into the rest area to go to the bathroom. And for some reason, as I was getting out, I said, all right, I'm going to go gonna go to the bathroom. And Kim said something like check, check the pee pee or something like that. And I said, what? She's like, I don't know. Just forget it. I was just saying something stupid. And I was like, check the pee pee. And so I got out of the car and I said, uh, "Check the pee pee." And there's all these people pumping gas and hanging out by their car and eating and stuff like that. Tons of people outside. And so I, so now I'm outside of the car and I'm getting louder and louder. I'm like, "Check the pee pee." And Kim's like, "Please don't do this. Please don't." And I'm like, "You want? You're
2: saying I should check the pee pee?"
3: Please, seriously, please don't do this. And of course she's sinking lower, and lower into her seat. And I close the door and I start walking towards the towards the rest area
2: to go into the bathroom. I'm just screaming at this point. I'm like, "I should check the peepee." I'm, "You want me to check check my peepee?" "I'll check the peepee." Okay, "I'll check the peepee." I'm going to go and check the peepee.
3: And everybody's at the everybody's just staring at me at this point and Kim is like Kim is hiding underneath the car. She's like trying to fit herself into the glove box. That's how embarrassed she is and the kids are just, you know, they're shaking their heads too. And then I I go in, I go to the bathroom and then I come out and Kim's sitting in the car still. And I I come up to the window and I yell,
2: I checked the pee pee, right? That's what you want me to do. I wanted, you wanted me to check the pee pee. I checked the pee pee. Pee pee has been checked.
3: Yeah. She loved that one. She really loved that one. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, oh yeah, we were at an airport one time. We were at the Albany airport, probably going to Orlando, Florida, as we did uh, pretty much every weekend back in 2005, 2006, and uh, somebody somebody announced on the loudspeaker, they were looking for somebody, I, I don't remember the last name, but it was somebody named Hazel, uh, would a Hazel so-and-so please come to the service desk, Hazel so-and-so to the service desk. And Kim just sat there, you know, looking at her book or whatever she was doing at the time. And I kind of nudged her. I was like, "Uh, uh,
2: Hazel, Hazy, they're calling you Hazy. Hazel, aren't you going to go up? They're calling you Hazel. That's your name, isn't it? Hazel, aren't you going to go up? Hazy, it's you, Hazy. Go up there. The man's calling you on the speaker, Hazy. Get up there.
3: And she's, uh, and Kim's shaking her head saying, shut the fuck up. Oh man, it's good fun. It is really fun. Uh, More recently, uh, again, on the way to or perhaps from uh, our trip south a few months ago, we stopped at another rest area. I pumped gas. The kids and Kim went inside and they were looking for snacks and lunch and things like that. And I came into the little convenient store to meet up with them. And of course, I pretended that I was not with them. And I just, I saw Kimmy and I said,
2: Kim? Kim Bilka from Latham? Shaker, class of 95? Hey, it's me. It's me, Johnny. Remember me, huh? Rem- remember from back in high school? Hey, how are you doing?
3: Uh, she was very happy about that one too. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, also on that same trip, yeah, Kim. Kim came out. Uh, one of the stops, we'd gotten gas. She ran to the restroom and came out, and mentioned that she thought it was funny because the song "Mirror in the Bathroom" was playing. And at the time, I was like, well, "How does that go?" And she's like, "You know, Mirror in the Bathroom," and she kind of sang a little bit. And I was like, "Oh, is it like?" And then I just uh, we we went in into the uh, into the store. She came out to the car to get me and to get the kids, and we went into the store. I'm like, "How does it go?" and i started yelling mira
2: in the bathroom mira in the bathroom
3: and then we went into the store and she's like please please stop and i just kept yelling
1: mira in the bathroom mira in the bathroom
3: and uh yeah it's funny as i say all these things like like every goddamn one of these podcasts i say this shit out loud and i think oh my god i'm like i'm a fucking sociopath what a fucking lunatic as, I'm, as I tell the stories out loud, and I think, Jesus Christ. Positivity, negativity, it's uh, it's just pure luck that she's, that she's stuck with me for these 20 years as I realize what a fucking annoying piece of shit I am. Screaming and yelling on every one of these vacations. Jeez. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, and then, actually, last week, a couple days ago... Kim went to the store. She was buying sneakers for Cam. She needed some new sneakers, and uh, she was at the sneaker store and called. and I, to, to, She was going to send me a text, a picture of what the sneakers looked like. And I said, let's just FaceTime so you can just show it to Cam live, and she can say yay or nay. So we FaceTimed, and then, of course, while we're on FaceTime, I just started yelling ridiculous things. I was like, "What are those the
2: sneakers? Are those the sneakers you gonna get?
3: Just yelling at the top of my lungs, and she's like, "Okay, I gotta go. Okay, talk to you later. Bye." But she's done that to me too. I've been on FaceTime uh, at Market Basket once. I had to FaceTime Kim to uh, ask her if I was getting the right cheese, and uh, and then she did something equally. I think she just started swearing like she had Tourette's. Like while I was on FaceTime, I was like, "Making," I say, like, "Hey Kim, I'm uh, I'm here at the store." tell me which one of these cheeses and she's like oh get that one okay great and then she just started uncontrollably swearing you
2: fucking shut goddamn fucking
3: like okay i'm at the store surrounded by families and children i'll talk to you later love you bye so yeah we're total assholes to each other so fuck your positivity that's kept us together for 20 years and we love every minute of it you fuckers oh baby yeah so one of my favorite stories of Kimmy, people don't always get this one, but this is like, this is how much Kim gets me and knows exactly the right thing to say at the right moment. And uh, in this day and age, some would look at this story and say, oh, that's, to- that's toxic masculinity. Uh, but I assure you it's not because Kim, again, gets me and knows exactly the right thing to say to crack me up. So this was back in the the two years that we lived in Florida, and that was tough, man. There was nothing sadder than leaving New York. That was that was the toughest thing ever. Um, as sad as it was when my grandpa died fifteen years ago, and then my grandma died last year, my other grandma died was in high school. Those were just insanely painfully sad times. But I'm not sure if anything is quite as sad as packing up and moving. To Florida from New York that was you know life was good man life was good and I've got some Florida stories and I'm gonna save them for another time man there's some good there's some good ones Uh, <laughs> yeah I'll talk about the uh, I'll talk about the driving interview that I had when I was in Florida driving around in in the uh, director of finances high tap high top conversion van uh, throughout the town as he was not so much asking me questions but just telling me about himself about Ohio state football uh, showing me the New Hampton Inn that kind of thing it was it was crazy uh, but anyways moving to moving to Florida was the hardest thing ever what was even worse was coming back to New York for a long weekend flying up for the holidays or for uh, you know Thanksgiving Christmas that kind of thing and obviously it's Florida, so we didn't get to come up all that much. I tried to come up as much as possible when we first moved there, and then it just got harder and harder, and then it was, you know, pretty much once a year that we would be able to go up. On one of the trips, and I don't remember which one it was, but uh, we had had a really, really excellent time. Kimmy and I and baby Cameron, Kaylin didn't exist yet, but we're sitting in the airport in Albany waiting for our flight to head back to Florida. We had a a phenomenal weekend it might have been the first weekend that we came up we flew up for just a few days about two months after we moved to florida we flew up for cam's first birthday and it was just great the whole family friends everybody was there it was fall just you know seeing the leaves and the mountains and the crisp weather and everything stuff that you take for granted and then you move to a place like florida and you don't have any of that stuff and uh, you know, on top of just everything, every the whole thing, all the things that I missed, the people, the sights, the sounds. Uh, you know, it's it sucked to to have to go back. So we're sitting in the airport, and we're waiting for our flight. And something happened. I don't know if I was just looking out the window, thinking about how we had to. You know, I was soaking it in. And uh, you know, I started getting a little misty-eyed and started getting a little a little choked up, as as was pretty common. You know. Back in those days, it was fairly a fairly depressing time, but also fun. There was a lot of fun in Florida. It was it was either you know it was either zero or ten. This you know this was a a miserable time sitting in that airport, knowing that we were leaving. You know we said goodbye to everybody, and I'm just you know I'm starting the eyes are starting to well up, the waterworks are on their way, and uh, and I had done that you know more than a few times as we were driving around over the weekend. And so Kim, knowing that I didn't want to start, you know, breaking down in the middle of the airport, she, just, she looks at me. And she goes, "Man up, pussy," <laughs> and I fucking lost it. I just started cracking up. It was the funniest fucking thing ever, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't something meant. Uh, in a hurtful way or a serious way, it was exactly she knew that if she said something so, uh, so unexpected and outrageous that I would crack up and I did. So she gets me and that's a kind of line that not every uh, wife would say to their husband to cheer them up. But in this case, it was exactly the perfect right thing to say to me to cheer me up and it fucking cracked me up and it still cracks me up when I think about it. So, yeah, so you can uh, shove that positivity up your ass, because, uh, you know, fuck that. All right, so... What else? I'm going to look at my notebook here. Oh, boy, what else do we have here? Uh, oh, you know, this has nothing
2: to do with anything, but did you notice... Uh, uh, did you ever notice this? Uh, do you, you ever see this? Do you ever look at this? Uh...
3: So I'm, I'm on this team now at work and I have somebody on my team named Joyce. And I just met, I've only met her once. She's in a different office and I had a feeling because her name was Joyce. I pictured what she looked like and I pictured what she would act like because I don't know if this is for everybody, for every Joyce, but every, I, I feel like I just, I have a Joyce theory. I don't know a lot of Joyce's I think this is the first Joyce that I've met in person. I know people who are friends with people named Joyce. Uh, and I feel like every Joyce on the planet has, uh, they're, they're between the ages of 53 and 76 maybe. Now that's the age range for Joyce. There's no Joyce uh, in existence who's older than that. And there's no Joyce who's younger than, than that. Uh, so, so there's a you know there's a handful of joyces between the ages of 53 and 76. Uh, they all have perfectly coiffed hair. Uh, they wear a nice, very snappy uh, ladies' blazer, perhaps from Filenes. And yes, I know Filenes hasn't existed in uh, in a decade or so, which is fine. I think that's still accurate. I think most Joyce's have blazers from Filene's. Uh, I think they all have butterscotch discs in their purses. And I think they're generally uh, friendly people. And the Joyce on my team at work uh, has perfectly coiffed hair. Oh, and they have, they have nice jewelry, nice earrings. They're, they're, they're well, uh, well well-groomed, well-manicured uh, a joy. You're not gonna find a, a slouchy Joyce who doesn't take care of herself. Uh, there's no Joyce who uh, who isn't uh, keeping up with her. You know her physical appearance, clothing, makeup, hair, jewelry, that kind of thing. I think that's a trademark. That's a classic Joyce trademark. And so I was wondering, as I, you know, hadn't met this Joyce on my team yet, and I thought I'll bet you. I would be very surprised if the Joyce on my team here doesn't have a a nice, nicely coiffed hair, nice makeup, a nice blazer, you know, the whole thing. And uh, and sure enough, she did. The only thing I didn't confirm is the butterscotch discs, but I'm working on it. And she's very sweet. That's the other thing about Joyce. You're not going to meet... There's no... this. Here's a phrase that has never been uttered ever, anywhere, ever by anyone, ever, anywhere, ever. And that is the following phrase. Boy, that Joyce is a real fucking asshole. You, you've never heard that. I guarantee you, anybody listening who's ever known a person named Joyce or is named Joyce, to all you Joyses out there, hey, Joyce, what's up? Thanks for listening, Joyce. I... Uh, if you see me in person, I... Definitely go for a butterscotch disc. Uh, so keep them keep them stocked. Not that you need me to tell you that. I'm sure you've you've got a, a fully stocked pocketbook full of butterscotch discs. Joyce also uses the word pocketbook. She doesn't say purse. She says pocketbook. And I don't mean I don't mean this particular Joyce that I work with. I mean just Joyce. Uh, so uh, n- nobody knows a, a mean, cruel Joyce when you talk about like positive people. Joyce is a positive person, but Joyce is also a realist. Anyone named Joyce, uh, you know, they don't have their head in the clouds. Sure, they're positive thinking and they want the best outcome, but they're also they're also very realistic. Uh, I think those are the trademarks of the Joyce, and the Joyce on my team I met, uh, she fit the description to a T. Again, butterscotch discs, I don't know, but Joyce is a, is, a, is a nice person, well-groomed, well-manicured, keeps herself in good condition, the blazer, the nice, uh, you know, the sport coat, whatever you want to call it, uh, probably from Filene's. And if it's a if it's a newer one, then it's from Macy's, I'm sure. But that's Joyce. Butterscotch discs, quaffed hair, makeup, uh, uh, jewelry, the blazer. Um, very nice people. You're never gonna. You, there's no. There's no Joyce that uh, you're gonna say, hey, that Joyce is a real fucker. That Joyce is a real asshole. It's never gonna happen. I guarantee you. Anyone out there who knows a Joyce. Is, uh, you're saying, yeah, that's right. She's Joyce. I know is a real, a real peach. And that's a trademark. That's a trademark Joyce. I don't know how I segued to that, other than I just uh, was talking about one thing and then decided to talk about Joyce because I've got it right, I've got it written down on my notepad here. You know what else I have written down? I have, I have the, I have the following. I have the following uh, thing written down. Dazed and confused. Anybody? Uh, anybody a fan out there? Anybody? I don't know why I'm no you can't respond to me. I mean, I can't hear you. One of my favorite movies, one of the all-time great movies. Uh at one time in my life I would have said that it absolutely is my favorite movie. Um it's still in the top, whatever. It's it's on the list. If I have to, you know, it's it's up there with all of them with Back to the Future, with Transformers the movie, with Ferris Bueller. You know, you name it. There's there's a ton of them. And Days and Confused is absolutely on that list. One thing that's interesting is I watched Days and Confused. Actually, this is the Birthday Boy podcast. I will tell you the last time I watched Days and Confused was a year ago on my birthday because I think I might have mentioned this on episode one of the Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, I was getting set to go out to shitty Omaha for work. (laughs) (laughs) Blomaha. Yeah. And uh, we put on, we put on the Birdcage, one of my f- another one of my favorite movies. and we put on Daisy Confused. It was my birthday. I had the day off. and uh, you know it was a long weekend, had a last, last few days of, of freedom to enjoy before going out to Omaha for a month and a half. And I thought these two movies will cheer me up. I was in a real shit mood. It was a shit birthday. And they did to some degree. But one thing I realized while I'm watching Daisy Confused, you know the whole the whole movie. They talk about uh, you know when Wooderson finally shows up. You know school's over, school's out for the summer, and and uh, everybody's you know they're going out, they're getting like burgers and shit before they go out to all the parties and everything. And uh, and there's Wooderson and he's hitting on you know he's he pulls in all right all right all right and he you know he's talking to Cynthia and everything and and uh, and Tony and Mike you know the 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 two kind of nerds. They're in the backseat of the car and they're talking, you "You realize when he graduated, we were like three years old. Oh, gross. He's hanging out with, uh, you know, high school kids. He's, you know, he's a million years old. Really, let's be honest, Wooderson's maybe what, like three, four years older than they are. And maybe he's, I mean, he's like in his early twenties, but here's the thing that's interesting. They, they, they keep portraying, you know, they talk about Wooderson, like, oh, he's so creepy. He's this old guy hanging out with the, with the high school kids and all this and that. But really, when you get down to it, when you think about it, Wooderson's like the only guy who's not a total fucking asshole in that whole movie. There's some of the obvious ones like Obanion's an asshole, Benny's an asshole, uh, you know the the paddling and stuff. Everybody's kind of you know that that hazing bullshit and you know the uh, you know what's her name uh, Parker Posey's character. The fuck is her name? Darla. Darla. Parker Posey, you know, she. there's certain ones where it's, you know, it's obvious that they're assholes, and all that stuff. But, you know, they they make Wooderson out to be be kind of a weirdo and kind of a creep. But really, you know, he's, he's kind of the moral compass of the group. You know, people beating up the freshmen, paddling them and stuff. You've got like, you know, Randall Pink Floyd's cheating on his girlfriend with Mitch's sister and uh, you know, this person's, you know, getting in fights and there's all, just all kinds of shenanigans and bullshit going on and, you know, parties, you know, Pickford's lying to his parents, that's, uh, you know, hey, we're not going anywhere, honey, all that shit, and you know, there's all kinds of crap, you know, some of it's just like high school shenanigans, but some of it's just, you know, it's just shitty people, you know, fighting and, and cheating and this and that. Wooderson, What the hell does he do that's actually so bad? They talk about how he's kind of gross. He hits on Cynthia, but you know what he does? He courts her. Does he go out, like, trying to bang her on the first night at the party at the moon tower or anything like that? No. You know what he's doing? He's talking to her. He hangs out by the car. They're chatting. And then he gets her number in his little black book. And he says, I'll call you. He doesn't make any attempt to sleep with her. He doesn't do anything inappropriate, at least that we can tell. She seems quite smitten with the guy. I think he's actually very respectful towards her. Not only that, but when uh, when Mike uh, dumps the beer on Clint, Clint Clint's a legitimate asshole, uh, you know. And Clint starts, you know, they get in a fight, and Clint's punching Mike. Who's there to break it up? There's Wooderson to break up the fight. He just wants to party and have a good time with his friends. He wants everybody to smoke some weed, to have some beer, to have a good fun time. He's respectful of Cynthia. He's getting her phone number. He's going to call her. He's gonna take her to Aerosmith. He's not trying to do anything you, you know you got you, you got, uh you all the football guys doing their shit. you've got you know Randall Floyd's whining about the stupid thing that he has to sign and all this stuff as uh, you know as as uh, I think Simone, is that her name? I think his girlfriend oh you know, whatever. You know, one of the girls says, "You, guys act like you're so oppressed. You're kings of the schools." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of babies, bunch of whining babies. There's Wooderson out there. He's work. He's got a job. He's holding down a steady job working for the government. You know, it's money in his pocket. He's uh, you know, he's 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 got a career of some kind. Uh, you know, he's obviously he's taking care of himself, taking care of his car. Respectful towards women. He gives that nice speech about L-I-V-I-N, man. You just got to keep living. Uh, you know, the older you get, more rules are going to try and make you follow. You just got to keep on living, man. Uh, obviously, I uh, spot-out imitation. <laughs> but then, on the other hand, here's the guy you know there's a, there's a bunch of guys who, you know they want us to root for in the movie. You've got this Tony who's one of the nerds. Well, Tony's one of the guys who's saying uh, you know how gross it is that Waterson's going after Cynthia. Meanwhile, what's Tony doing? He's like grooming this uh this girl who's just out of uh like she's one of the incoming freshmen. Are you serious, dude? The kids uh the kids all of like she's an eighth grade. She's fucking eighth grader. She's like f- 14 that yeah, three years. That's no big deal. Once you get past the age of 18, that's not that big of a deal, but uh, you got this guy who's going to be a senior and he's picking up this girl who's just got out of fucking middle school. And he's, uh, you know, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he does anything particularly inappropriate with her. He too is respectful. He's not trying to, he, they go out, they party at the moon tower. He takes her to home and after some nice pancakes and syrup, uh, after a night of beer drinking, seems like a fairly respectful gentleman. But still, what's the deal, man? What's with this Tony? Is he, like, grooming this kid? She's 14, he's 18, 17, 18. I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, talk about the real the real predator in the movie. I think it's our friend Tony. Meanwhile, Wooderson, like I said, he's breaking up fights. He's giving inspirational speeches about about life. He's he's the one who organizes the whole Moon Tower thing. He gets that all going. He's got a good job. He's holding. He's making bucks. He's you know he's a, he's a upstanding tax paying citizen. And then on top of all of that, he's he's very respectful towards Cynthia. Meanwhile, Tony, you know who knows what this asshole is going to do. But he's uh, there. He is picking up eighth graders. You fucking weirdo, you big pedo creep, Tony. You know Pink Floyd, Randall Floyd's cheating on his. Gr- this guy's t- all this shit that's going on. Wooderson's the only one who's uh, who's keeping it keeping it down the straight and narrow. So, just remember that next time you watch Days and Confused, Wooderson is the moral compass of the entire the entire group, as far as I'm concerned. Alright, I got one other thing that I'd like to get to today, which I think, I'm gonna see how this goes. I'm gonna gonna try this bit out, see how it works, see how it plays. Uh, So everybody has, I, I presume, that every town, every city, every big city, every small city, every town, village, township, whatever you want to call it, uh has their version of what we here in Nashua call the Civic Sounding board. So let's see how do I how do I say this? Uh, much like working at Stewart's, it's a pretty good way to figure out how shitty a lot of your neighbors are. Um, but in very specific ways as you get to see how they respond to general questions, You know, in theory, like any of these neighborhood pages, some, some, you know, on Facebook, this is on Facebook, this sounding board, and there's a lot of Facebook pages like this. Sometimes it's just for a, 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 just a neighborhood, you know, just a street that you live on, and it's so the community can kind of keep together and uh, know what's going on, ask questions, whatever, all kinds of bullshit. Really, it's just a place uh, for people every couple of days to ask where they can get a good slice of pizza or a burger, or Chinese food, or an auto mechanic. Um, and it's a place for people to complain about uh, everything and then complain about the people complaining about everything and then yell at the people uh, who are complaining about the people complaining and then call each other names and then get suspended from the group and then get banned from the group. And it's uh, it's really um, it's an extraordinary uh, extraordinary study in how Fucking stupid and immature. So many people are. It's great. So I thought I would try. uh, I thought I I I would try a little sounding board theater. I want to read. uh, You know, there's some threads that are just too fucking good to pass up. And so I thought I would just read them. I'm going to change the names of the people um, for you know probably fairly (laughs) obvious reasons. Uh, But I'm going to I'm going to read. Uh, so uh, this is from last night on the Nashua civic sounding board. And it's usually people just, uh, asking, asking for advice uh, you know, where can I get this? Where can I do this? Good place to go swimming. Good place to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sometimes it's pretty harmless stuff. And then other times, you know, it's somebody uh, posting a picture of someone's car and license plate and saying, Hey asshole who drives this car. Thanks for, uh, you know, driving too fast down my neighborhood and cutting off, my car at the Burger King drive-through, blah blah blah. It's really fun. It's a good fun way to just read and waste time and see how shitty everybody is. So last night on the Nashua sounding board, uh, somebody who we will just call, fuck um, it, like I'm gonna use first names because nobody knows who these people are, uh, and you know they're out there on the sounding board anyways. So it's not like, not like I need to protect their names or anything. It's not like this is a private email that somebody sent me. So somebody named Amanda on the Nashua Civic sounding board writes last night, posts, uh, a picture of a car, a red car, and says, uh, just for future reference for all other bike riders in Nashua, this old man in the red Toyota Corolla beeped at me, called me some explicit names and drove very close to me for riding my bike on the side of the road. Watch out for him because apparently he is the only person on the planet and doesn't know the rules of the road. See, that's where people get. This is a reasonable complaint. We have to share the road. Automobiles, bicycles have to share the road. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not too crazy about that. I hate when I see bicycles on the road. I, I used to drive home when I lived in Charlotte. There was uh, it seems like every other day there was a bike race going on, and I'd have to be I'd be behind fifty seven people at one time, taking up the whole road. It drove me fucking nuts. But I didn't, I didn't scream and yell at them. I didn't honk my horn. I was patient, and I waited until a time when it was safe enough for me to pass them. Simple as that. This, this Amanda on the sounding board has a reasonable complaint, but here's the thing. When she gets to the part where she gets a little snarky, apparently he's the only person on the planet and doesn't know the rules of the road. That's, that's when people get angry. Even if it's a a well-reasoned, you know, it's it's not an irrational complaint to say, hey, you know, this guy was on the side of the road, he honked at me. We also don't know, was she actually on the side of the road? Was she more like, I'm on the side of the road, but really I'm in the middle of the road? Who knows? That's the great thing about the sounding board. Nobody really has the full story, but they all like to yell at everybody else. So, some comments... And somebody named Thomas writes back rather reasonably. uh, Honestly, the majority of drivers are not bad and share the road just fine. But once in a while, there's a bad apple that is upset about a 30 second inconvenience. Somebody named Tony responds. No way I would ride a bike on these roads. Drivers don't give a shit about other cars, much less cyclists. I used to run to the bus station at exit 8 often for the Boston commute on the road at 4.30 a.m. with flashers and a headlamp, and drivers could have cared less. Okay, so it starts to get a little more interesting when this Joan. There's a character named Joan who has a response which says, Unfortunately, people do try to get around bicycles ASAP in order to avoid oncoming traffic without causing an accident. Otherwise, they'll have to indefinitely follow the bicycle's speed limit of 10 miles per hour in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. We all have to share the road. Nice for you that you're trying to lower your carbon footprint, but not everyone has the leisure time to ride bicycles. Amanda, the original poster, responds, Leisure time, it takes 10 minutes longer than it would via car. I have literally never seen or experienced a situation where people had to indefinitely follow a bicycle. I'm not in the middle of the lane. I'm on the side. People are so dramatic about any inconvenience to them. So, you know, the tone is... It's going it's going down a certain path, as it typically does. So then somebody named Doreen comments towards the original poster. Uh, you cyclists want to act like a car one minute, and then when it suits you, you act like a little kid on a tricycle playing in traffic. The original poster, Amanda, responds to Doreen, Excuse me? Did you read anything that I wrote? I was following the rules of the road. It wasn't just what it suited me. So just because this man may have seen someone else not follow the rules may he, means he can be aggressive to me when I'm following the rules? By the way, I know your daughter-in-law. Okay, that was also in her comment, so fine. <laughs> okay. So Doreen responds to Amanda, I don't believe that you are following the rules, and so what if you know my daughter-in-law? Which one?
2: <laughs> it's
3: fucking okay. So there's that. Now it gets really good. Here comes somebody named Alex. Yeah, you asshat bikers want to share the road, but don't follow the rules of the road. Thomas responds. Plenty of drivers follow the rules of the road. You just seem to be focused on the cyclists. Alex responds. Because they are the ones bitching. Thomas Maybe because she had just had a bad experience with a rude driver. And cyclists are more more vulnerable. Alex responds, that's why they should follow the rules of the road. Stop preaching and start teaching. Thomas then responds, so what specifically are your grievances? Are you saying Amanda was not following the law? So then Amanda, the original poster, jumps in and says, I was following the rules of the road. So there's that. I ride on the side of the road. I use arm signaling to alert drivers. So I'm sharing the fact that people are aggressive with bicyclists for no other reason than being salty about having to be more cautious on the road. Some fella named Paul chimes in and says, I stop at lights, stop signs, yield to pedestrians, and oncoming traffic. I've been heckled, spit at, had objects thrown at me. The surprise comes when I catch the car, and most of the time I can. Everyone is a tough guy until they're confronted. The rule is S feet, I'm sure that was supposed to be a number, and yield until you can give three feet. The majority of motorists, not cyclists, do not know or follow the law. Alex then responds, Oh wow, you guys truly are the one percenters. And then responds to this last fellow, Paul, saying, You must be high. Thomas then responds, What specifically are cyclists doing that is making you so upset? Alex responds, Complaining about stuff that happens to them on the road when they want the road to be shared and not following the rules of the road. Apparently we have the only two people in Nashua on this feed right now that follow the rules of the road. Somebody named Kara Asks Alex, why do you feel it's necessary to use profanity on here? Back to the asshat thing. We didn't swear at you. There's much better ways to make a point without such colorful language. And there's plenty of words in the English language for you to choose from. Check them out sometime. Alex responds to Kara, shut up. Somebody named Lauren says... The more you to Alex, the more you the, the more you act the way you are, the less people will listen to what you are saying. You lead off with ass hat and you've been super rude. Even if anything you said had substance, no one will care because it is you acting like an ass hat. Lauren then says, "I'm still waiting for Alex to appropriately state his views. I would love to hear them and have an adult conversation, but I stop reading at profanity and bullying." And then here comes Alex. To respond to Lauren by saying the appropriate view is you're an idiot. Bullying is a bitch saying the bitch taps out. Grow up. I don't fully know what he's saying there. Bullying is a bitch saying the bitch taps out. Grow up. Bullying is a bitch, comma, saying the bitch taps out. Bullying is a bitch saying... Bullying is a bitch saying... Comma, the bitch taps out. There's got to be, there's supposed to be a comma in there somewhere, or probably some additional words. So, all it says is bullying is a bitch saying the bitch taps out. Grow up. So, Lauren responds, Wow, yes, that proved my point more. Thank you. You're a giant child, and no one respects your opinion. And then uh, they start flagging people for the moderator. Is there no moderator on this page? Moderator, because it's a bunch of fucking children on these pages screaming and swearing at each other. And then they have to get another. Uh, adult to come in and start handing out punishments and banishments and suspensions uh, because we're fucking uh, you know f- ch- idiots. I, I was going to say children, but that's really not fair to children because they they behave better than this. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, so here's Alex. Yep, you're the exact reason Donald Trump got elective. You're a- you're a professional victim. Uh, and then. Lauren asks Alex, what does that have to do with bikes? Alex responds, oh, we know like, so me, we, he's putting white like instead of like, he's putting a W like baby talk. Oh, we know like, so we must get rid of what we don't like pathetic. Uh, and then he uses the C word uh, and then says, grow up and be adults. You know what? I, I if I'm going to read this, I might as well read this. Oh, we know like, so we must get rid of what we don't like pathetic cunts grow up and be adults and stop being cunt hurt about what you don't like. Lauren says, you still haven't actually said anything of substance, which is, it's cracking me up that they're trying to get this, this Alex to like have a conversation. He's obviously not here for that. He's here to swear and scream at people. And then Alex says, is that why you're so cunt hurt? Lauren responds, uh, I'm not. Believe me, I have actual adult issues. You clearly are just trolling Facebook because you need a hobby. Good night, sweetheart. I hope you have fun. Alex responds, a true bitch, the weakest of the week. Lauren responds, you still haven't said anything but name calling. Name calling. You lose, dear. Let me know when you have a big boy opinion. Alex then responds, let me know when you're not a professional victim, stupid cunt. There's, we're really making progress. This is really good stuff. Then this Paul fellow from before uh, comments to Alex, you are part of the problem. You are trolling for reactions and not supporting your views. Alex responds, you and that stupid woman are the problem. You idiots should meet up at some Harley shops and learn you something. Uh, Paul then responds, or maybe you can throw something at me while I'm riding. Alex then responds, makes no sense, fake biker. (laughs) Oh man Uh, Then Gina writes I'm shocked at how few people on this post Realize the bicycles are legal Vehicles and entitled to the same use Of the road as cars Alex then responds Tell that to the dickholes on the bikes Gina then responds You seem confused And that is a uh, There's a little sounding board Theater I'm sure If anybody's still listening to the podcast, (laughs) you're going right to the unsubscribe button after that. But I figured I'd try it once, and if it's a fucking bomb, I'll never do sounding board theater again. Uh, If I had, like, time and money, and this was, like, my actual job or something, I would do music, and I would do different... I'd get into characters and do the voices and all that stuff. But, uh... So, yeah, that was a good one. It doesn't, uh our particular sounding board is run very well and very efficiently and anybody with uh, the the vulgar language and the c-words and the you know all these things uh, they're usually they're usually booted out of there pretty quickly it starts i think with like a month long ban and then if it happens again you're gone for good which is cool cuz it, it it does actually keep things fairly civil you know peaks and valleys the pendulum goes back and forth Uh, but yeah, last night's, uh, bit about the bicycles is one of the, one of the better ones that I've seen in a while. You don't, usually people don't get that far, but the moderator is evidently out of town or on vacation or something. Uh, so this particular case, it got out of hand and there was nobody to, uh, to, uh, to put the stop on any of it. So that was fun. Yeah. The C word, I think that might be the first time I've seen the C word on the sounding board or the first time that it was, it was used repeatedly before, without somebody getting booted. Uh, but I'm sure that's the last we'll be seeing of this Alex fellow. What a loss. And it's, uh, you know, appropriate, though. Appropriate responses for somebody uh, who just wanted to ride their bike and not be yelled at or honked at to get out of the way by a car, and then it, uh, it all pretty much devolves into the C word and name-calling. So nothing, nothing real new in that regard. Okay. All right. Oh man, this podcast has been way longer than I expected. I had a bunch of things I wanted to get to, so we got to them. We got to all but one of my topics. Well, the other topic we will have to wait till another time. I would like to talk about. Uh, well, we'll wait till another time, and then I'll talk about it. I won't even. I won't even tease it. Or will I tease it? Hmm, maybe I will. Yes, in fact, I will. It's a fun night of bowling with some friends from Barnes & Noble. We'll talk about that hopefully next time. Oh, man, I hope you enjoyed this one. I really appreciate the listening and the feedback the emails and the texts, man. It's awesome. You guys are great. I really do appreciate it, and I love you. I love you just so much. So, yeah, thanks for the emails. And, Dumas, I love you most of all, even though I relentlessly uh, harass you on here and call you names. I uh, I love you. You're the best. You're just the best, baby. All right, it's time to go. Uh, we're going to play a, a Cliffy Call. This is Grandma Cliff. As you know, last week, Cliffy, Cliffy Baseball called cliff from the broadcast booth to tell him to call his grandmother which of course cliff has not been calling his grandmother he's maybe never going to call his grandmother who knows he's awfully busy toggling his balls from the sounds of things so this week uh grandma cliff calls uh calls to ed uh, to admonish cliff for being the reason that cliffy baseball uh, lost, as you remember, like Cliffy Baseball got tossed out of the broadcast booth. It sounds like he may have lost his job for calling Cliff on the air and screaming and swearing at him while calling the action of a baseball game. So, uh, this week, Grandma Cliff calls Cliff to tell him that Uncle Cliff may be fired. <clears throat> Jesus. I hope you've. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's, it's late, man. It's almost midnight. I'm tired, and I just had some carbonated uh, a carbonated beverage, sparkling something. Okay, that's it. I gotta go. This is going way too long. Here's a cliffy. Here's here's Grandma Cliff. Have a great. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I'm doing this now today uh, because the next few Fridays I'm probably not going to be able to do the podcast on a Friday. I think I've already mentioned this. Uh, maybe I already mentioned this. The podcast is going to be done whenever it's done. Uh, and there might be a week off uh, for the 4th of July week. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But here's the. this is this week's podcast. There's no podcast on Friday because this is the fucking podcast. Hey, you got a podcast on Sunday too. So what are you complaining about? You're sitting there yelling and complaining. For what? I, I give you... Hours and hours of my time for free to do these podcasts, and you want your podcast on Friday? Well, you're getting it on a Wednesday, pal, and you might have to wait till next Wednesday to get the next one. I don't know. I don't know. Just, just, just leave me alone. All right? Fuck. What was I saying? I love you guys. You're the best. You're the greatest. You're so good. You're so good. I really do. I appreciate the uh, the listening and the subscribing. I appreciate the five star reviews. I hope that even after this episode, it's still a five star review. Uh, maybe just ignore this episode if you don't feel it's a five-star review. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe this upcoming call will change your mind. Here's Grandma Cliff. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, positivity is for fucking pieces of shit, idiot, moron, assholes. And, uh, but, you know, uh, kindness kindness matters. Yeah, It really does. Uh, email birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com for any reason, any reason at all. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. All right, all right, gang. Awesome. Thanks so much. I love you guys. Talk to you some other time. All right. Later, Gators.
0: After I got you, after I got you those slacks for Christmas, I got you those Fifty Shades of Grey slacks for Christmas, and you didn't even come to the Island Spectacular on Hilton Head Island, the Womack Family Island Holiday, whatever the hell it's called, Spectacular brought brought to you by Nabisco. You didn't even come with me. Oh, my heart. It can't take any more. It can't take any more, Cliff. Oh, your Uncle Cliff's going to be fired from his job. I'm going to have a heart attack and die, Cliffy. And you're just, what, you're just going to sit there playing with yourself, not calling your family, your Grandma Cliff, and your Grandpa Cliff Cliff, and your Uncle Cliff Cliff? How could you, Cliffy? Oh, you're killing us all. But maybe... Maybe that's your plan. Maybe that's your plan. Is that it, Mr. Peace and Quiet? Once everyone's gone, no more calls from Grandma Cliff. No more Grandpa Cliff. No more Uncle Cliff Cliff. You just want us all to be fired and in jail and dead and buried in the ground so you can have the peace and quiet that you so desire so you can sit there all day and all night toggling your balls, Cliffy. Oh. God, Jesus, it's disgusting. Oh, see, I need to go lie down. Your Uncle Cliff, you've got to call your Uncle Cliff, if nothing else, to tell him that you're sorry for being such a sack of shit, for not picking up his call during the baseball broadcast, and now he's going to be fired. Oh, but that's okay, Cliffy. I can never stay mad at you. You're my little boy, my little baby boy, my little baby butter boy. That's my Cliffy boy, my little Cliffy butter boy. He's my special little boy. Oh, Cliffy, I love you so much, Cliffy. You're my special boy. But I'm so angry, Cliffy. You son of a bitch. Call your grandmother for once. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff calling you now officially, I have to say, from her deathbed because I don't get a call from my favorite grandson. Oh, Cliffy, you're killing me.
1: You're killing me,
0: Cliff. You're killing Grandma Cliff, Cliff. You're killing your Grandpa Cliff, Cliff. You're killing Uncle Cliff, Cliff. You're killing, Uncle Cliff, Cliff. You're killing other Uncle Cliff and other Uncle Cliff and all the Cliffs, Cliff. There's too many Cliffs to count. And you're killing them all. You you want to be the last Cliff standing, isn't that it? I know it. That's all you want. Well, guess what, Buster? You're going to get it because I'm going to die. I'm going to die of a broken heart because my grandson won't call me back. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff. Cliff, you're my little baby boy. You're my butter boy. But call me back, please. Oh, God. Oh, God, Cliffy.